In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 204th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this one a conversation with Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. We're just going to go to him and uh, we'll wrap up everything that was discussed in our Little chat there uh, on Sunday. Here is Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. Plan to have as many firsts as we could. Uh, the reality is, we have we have some very um, talented football players on this team, and and I continue to see uh, for, for the fans as you were asking. You know, I continue to see this this group as I'm interacting with them and, and watching them and walk through and such realize that there is this sort of evolving maturity and consistency about this team that we have been driving for that I feel like is starting to come into, into, into place. And I know that's really important for us in general, but even more so important, you know, in a pandemic year like we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You're, you could have all the talent in the world, but if you're not consistent and mature and accountable and um, focused, I don't think I don't think the team would have a chance during that that time. So it's really important to see, you know, the organization, the players, and the coaches all coming together. And it's it's Dan is is leading the charge very very well, and I'm I'm very proud of. Watching him, you know, navigate through pandemic a pandemic which is unfathomable for most of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, those head coaches, Dan included, in the league, we had their hands on the wheel, but they had no real direction as we were getting ready for this. Um, no solid direction, meaning we were getting change, you know, rule changes all the time. That's not a not um, anything against the league. It's just the way that it was. There was there was always a change and an adjustment. And I think the overriding, overlying factor and, and overriding theme is, you know, agility, adaptability, uh, adjustment. That's what this team needs to be. And uh, I feel like we are that. Three of them are, are really intriguing to me. Uh, Treadwell, uh, Buchanan, and, and Harris. Uh what are y'all hoping uh, Treadwell can do? I know he's uh, Dirk talked about him having great hands. Treadwell, uh, you just want me to comment on him as a as a player right now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, him, and then we'll go to. Uh, uh, Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Uh, no, no. We know about him. Uh, Charles Harris and uh, Dion Buchanan. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So on Treadwell, um, again, really encouraged watching him move around he's a big cat 
this this guy has ability to to be very versatile to play at, at different positions, which is important. He's probably 228 now, and again, the versatility, his focus, really really sound individual who's focused on doing the best he can for our team, and I and I like his his makeup, and I think he's going to be an important part uh, for our for our mixture. Mm-hmm. For our group of receivers, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And Charles Harris, uh, you know, coming out, I follow him coming out of Missouri. A lot of my, uh, you know, uh, yeah. that's one of my uh, teams I follow. So, um, you know, what are y'all hoping he can do? Uh, you traded a pick for him. Yeah, he's a, he's a, uh, he's, we are encouraged by his addition because he is another guy that is, is a makeup guy that we're looking for. He's got, athleticism and talent that we think fits into our our group of of pass rushers and our coaches have been very encouraged with him so far he is focused and wants to prove that you know he can ramp up his production here we think that again in that whole rotation of pass rushers and as well the ability to play the run that he can he can be a significant contributor contributor to us you know off the off the mark, you know, at the get go. Yeah, and Dion Buchanan, I met him at the Senior Bowl, uh, and kind of followed his career too. So that that um, he's a box. How do y'all view him? Is he a box guy, or can he play back in the back too, or how does he fit you know, in? He's another guy that we think can run and is versatile, and he's a smart football player, and he's been around it. You know, I know that he would like to to uh, to contribute to this team like Charles would come in here and, and have a significant spot on this roster and you know we think that he adds to the depth of this depth slash versatility of this linebacker group again which we think is going to be really important in a division that is very athletic and uh, we're going to have to be mindful of versatility in that linebacker group and I, we think that he can add to that for us mm-hmm. and uh, I just saw where J.J. Watt is officially uh, excuse me J.J. Watt that's a whole different ball game J.J. Wilcox was uh, signed <laughs> okay yeah I was thinking J.J. Watt I was like yeah that'd be a good signing but uh no I meant J.J. Wilcox <laughs> What about JJ? Uh, he just uh, they just the team announced his official signing. So um, yeah. you know, bringing him back, I know they they were in love with him before he got hurt last year. He's such a he is. You want to talk about a total package guy again? All of these guys that we have talked about will add that element of consistency, maturity, focus that we're looking for. And JJ is another one of those guys. He's a he's a top notch guy who you know if he is healthy, which we believe he is, that he can continue to, you know, help us in that in that depth of, of safeties. And uh, you know, we weren't sure if we were gonna we were gonna sign him back because, you know, we were just in, in the middle of um, how do I put this? We we're just in the middle of gathering all these these this all of our secondary and putting it together. Mm-hmm. And we just thought as we really looked at our team, we we thought that he would be He's the right person to bring back and to throw into the mix there and uh, let there be some amazing competition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, his overall personality and makeup for this team is, is really important for us as well. So we're hoping that that will rub up off on a lot of players as well on the defensive side. Okay. And, uh, you know, going forward the uh, with the you know lots of revenue and the salary cap, 
floor at 175 for next year. Uh, you know, they've a uh, couple people uh, have said, you know, you all are going to be in pretty bad shape next year. How are y'all looking at it and forecasting out the future salary cap situation? We're in the middle of that right now. Uh, we are looking at so many different scenarios without getting into specifics, spending a lot of time on that and making sure that we have our, our ducks in line. And uh, you know how I am with that. I never look at something as catastrophic. We will find a way to navigate through like a lot of teams will out there because any teams out there that have high-priced players, as we do, we are going to have to be smart about how we how we navigate going into a season where, unfortunately, if the cap were to fall, we would have to make you know we'd have to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. That said, D-Led, again, I'm not I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. I'm only being really really focused on how we would adjust, and mm-hmm. and we can only project so much, right? I'm not I don't want to get caught up in worrying about it. Uh, over and over and, and, and spending so much time on something that is that far out in the future because we really don't know what it's going to be. We are mindful and aware uh, and again, very, very confident with, with people that we have around here, you know, with Polky and, and uh, you know, when we start discussing finances, we have it all laid out and uh, it'll play out the way that it's supposed to play out and I think in the end we will We'll be in a we'll be in a sound spot. Mm-hmm. And could you tell um, the people about how creative uh, Nick Polk has had to be uh, with you under the cap, and you know, just get this year getting folks signed, and uh, you know, that's going to be something that uh, will be important for you all, you know, in the future. Well, Nick is our as our you know captain contracts person is you know he's very uh, in tune and he's an adept. Uh, finance slash negotiator for us so we're always discussing you know opportunities ideas and we we mull them over all the time and we have great conversations about you know what the next steps are and different scenarios like we do in in the draft with the personnel people we do that on the finance side with nick and and kirsten grows our uh, uh, other woman who's you know, very involved in the in the contracts, capping contracts with Nick, and that group, along with me, and of course Rich, uh, where appropriate and where Rich is is uh, involved in discussions about finance. We have some great discussions and some great ideas are thrown around. And again, I think there's some really good uh, mind. You know, just uh, what would I say? Very good mental power going on there in those rooms when, we, when we're up on the board discussing scenarios. Mm. So, in the end, we don't just whims- whimsically make decisions. We do a lot of work leading up to making the decisions on how we're going to approach our cap. And again, Nick and Kirsten uh, are, are a very important part of that. And, you know, th- uh, you know, this taste what it might be, will um, rene- renegotiations be on the table, cuts, uh, uh, restructures, I think you might have to use all your tools to move forward. Yeah, I think we'll always have to use all of our tools moving forward, uh, given where we are right now. Again, what I'm talking about, when, we, when you have your, you know, your veteran quarterback and your veteran receiver and a few other players that are, are top dollar upper echelon football players, 
an organization is going to have to use all the tools in their bag. And the great thing here is I think we have people that are very open and mindful about talking about it. And, uh, you know, I understand, unfortunately, it's not always that easy for a player to talk about restructuring and, and potentially even, you know, pay reductions. That's not, that's not ideally where we want to be. But at times, those discussions, you know, can occur, of course, because they have to. That's all of our, all our responsibilities. So in the end, again, I want to assure everyone we are not in, a, in any sort of a catastrophic, catastrophic position into the future. We just need to be mindful and we need to be very well thought out like I think we did this year and, and we accomplished what we needed to accomplish. And then just for the fans, how tough was it, uh, you know, uh, you know, having to part ways with Trufant and Freeman, guys that, uh, you know, played a lot of ball for you and, uh, uh, you know, were a part of a Super Bowl situation? Yeah, those, both of those guys are, are two of my favorites over the years I've been here. I mean, they've... They accomplished so much on the field for us. They were good people. They were good leaders in their own ways, of course. And uh, they set the tone. They both were lead by example guys that were really good for this organization. Um, of course, they're, you know, True's going to go out to Detroit and I'm sure contribute well for them. And uh, where where Free ends up, we'll wait and see. But. I believe he still has gas, you know, has gas in the tank, of course. Hopefully it works out well for him. Those guys, again, were really important for 16, you know, our 16 run and continue to be important at a lot of levels. But we just felt that it was time uh, to move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much was it cap and how much was it football? It's a combination of both. Okay. okay. And then just lastly, as my time, you know, we're wrapping up here. Um, what do you have to say to the fans who might not get to see you all play and what's going to be just a, you know, uh, you know, just different times we're living in? I will tell you, I mean, I think the fans should be really proud of the way that this, this group has come back into some semblance of a training camp. Again, watching them move around and, and, and walkthroughs and how they're handling themselves around the building a building that is very different than it has ever even imagined to be. There's something about um, this group of players coming together and the focus that they have. And, and I think they look at the last two years, I think they're appropriately agitated by it, D-led, and you can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their focus and how they're, how they're, how they're moving around the building. At least that's my take. And moving around the indoor in the walkthroughs mm-hmm. there's well, an intent there's an intent about it and a, and a focus about it that feels really really sound and, and really uh driven again i know it's early and i know that i'm always on the positive side leading into a season like anyone is mm-hmm. but i will say there is there's, there's something that i think the fans should be very encouraged by this group knows what they need to do they know that they need to be together appropriately and have have um the approach needs to be um understanding people have to take care of their business so that something doesn't you know happen where where someone goes down with you know COVID. there's just a maturity and a responsibility to each one of the players that i think you feel here more than you have in the past Mm -hmm. 
Well, hey, Thomas, I certainly appreciate your time, and, uh, you know, good luck with everything, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, hopefully. There it is, Thomas Dimitrov, Falcons general manager, coming on the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to wrap it up here. Just review. Uh, maturity of the team. The first round picks, he went over Treadwell, uh, Charles Harris, Buchanan. Uh, Buchanan sounded like insurance. They think they can get something out of Harris, and uh, they certainly think Treadwell can take over the Justin Hardy role and maybe even be a bigger target for Matt Ryan. So that's good. J.J. Wilcox is back. No, they did not sign J.J. Watt. But J.J. Wilcox, the safety from Georgia Southern and Cairo, Georgia, uh, played for the Cowboys and a few other teams along the way. But he was with the Falcons last year, and they really liked him in the big nickel role. So we'll see how that develops. Salary cap, they're upside down. Uh, next year, 2021, with the cap projecting at 175, uh, you know, it was going to go to 210. They are at 220. So they had a problem already. They're going to have to get from 220 to 210. Now they got to get from 220 to 175. And uh, we wrote a story last Sunday. You can Google that on AJC.com to break that whole thing down uh, with regards to how they're trying to spread the losses over three seasons, uh, given the pandemic losses that each NFL team will have. He's very bullish on his team. He really likes the way they return to camp. That's the Cover 99 blog that'll be out on Wednesday, too. So uh, that was covered here. And then, uh, you know, when they release players, they don't usually comment anymore, and the fans deserve that. So even it's four months late, uh, I, I wanted to know why they cut Trufant and Desmond, uh, Desmond, uh, excuse me, Devontae Freeman and Desmond Trufant. Uh, you know, he said it was a combination of salary and football. You know, the whispers on Friedman was, you know, he didn't perform after the contract. When, uh, you know, maybe didn't rehab as as as, uh, as strenuous as they wanted to after the sports hernia surgery. Uh, I know I saw him one time in the, the barn uh, on his phone when he was supposed to be rehabbing. But then uh, Desmond Trufant, he was just kind of his own guy. He wasn't a leader, and they paid him leader-type money. Uh, you know, he got his hands on a lot of ball, didn't make the play. And all Dan Quinn talked about was getting the ball. Uh, so, but um, can play. He can still play. And he's uh, got about the same money in Detroit. So, you know, that's the review of our conversation with the Falcons general manager, Thomas Dimitrov. Uh, he gave the fans some hope on how they return to play and uh, how they're looking in the facility. So with that, we're going to wrap it up. You can find us at DOrlandoAJC on Twitter. Facebook page is Atlanta Falcons News Now. Of course, we're going to ask you to go to AJC.com and bookmark that Atlanta Falcons page and get your notifications on when we uh, you know, post our stories and so forth. So uh, appreciate that. And with that, we're going to get out of here. Wish everybody a great rest of the week. Music by DJ Magic.
The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.